In this episode, we're ending our Interesting Teenager trilogy with another interview with a RISE winner. For those who don't know about RISE, RISE is a program that finds promising young people and provides opportunity for life as they work to serve others. An initiative of Schmidt Futures and the Rhodes Trust, RISE is the anchor program of a $1 billion commitment from Eric and Wendy Schmidt to find and support global talent. Today, I'll be speaking with Tony Wang, who is a Chinese-American advocate living in the United States. Tony hopes to democratize medical research and create equality in healthcare, especially by addressing AI bias. For his RISE project, Tony developed an AI tool to address pharmaceutical monopolization, for which he was named an International Science and Engineering Fair, ISEF, finalist. Tony hopes to create sustainable ethical AI systems to fight for marginalized groups, especially racial minorities in the LGBTQIA community. And with that, I am Taylor Bledsoe, and this is the Aiming for the Moon podcast, where I interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. If you like what you hear today, please write the podcast and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and now Facebook at Aiming the Number Four Moon. You can check out our website, aimingforthemoon.com, for links to our merchandise, lessons from Interesting People newsletter, and other episodes and bios of our guests. All right, and with that, let's get into the episode. Sit back, relax, and listen in. All right. Well, welcome, Tony, to Aiming for the Moon. Thanks for mu- so much for coming on. Yeah. Hi, Tyler. It's so great to be here. And I'm really excited to talk to you today a little bit um, about my adventures and things like that. Yeah. Awesome. So kind of to start off, you're one of the Rise Global winners. Um, so could you tell us about your project and the problem that you tackled with it? Yeah, of course. I'd love to. Um, so basically, um, to give some context, uh, RISE is this um, really cool uh, global initiative um, from Schmidt Futures and Rhodes Trust um, that provides a lifetime of benefits um, for 15 to 17-year-old teens uh, who complete like a project. Um, and so for my uh, personal project, uh, I wanted to address the problem of pharmaceutical monopolization, which is basically when certain pharmaceutical companies um, amass a lot of power because they control the entire like drug development pipeline, right? They control everything from drug discovery to drug manufacturing to even the sale of drugs. Um, and so they can uh, really freely control the prices and things like that. So they have a lot of power and influence. Um, and so I wanted to kind of um, address this problem and like democratize this field in a way. Um, and basically for my RISE project, um, I was exploring using artificial intelligence um, to automatically generate potentially good drugs um, and molecules for various different purposes. Um, so basically I tried training a bunch of different um, like machine learning models uh, on different like representations of molecules to try to see if we could get like AI to learn about these things and generate new molecules. Um, Yeah, I was able to like um, make some uh, pretty accurate models um, and generate a couple of new molecules that could potentially be good drugs in the future. Um, And so, yeah, that that was the main gist of my RISE project. Um, Yeah, I've been working on that for around a little bit more than a year now, I'd say. And so from one of the things that they, um, some resources that they sent me about your project, one of the things you tackled was antibiotic resistance and new drugs for discovering um, how to fix all of that. So can you talk about antibiotic resistance for those who don't know? 
Yeah, of course. Um, so antibiotic resistance is this um, rising problem in the world where basically um, ever since the invention of antibiotics, um, like many, many years ago, um, they've been used a lot, right, to treat a lot of different illnesses, um, like for a lot of infections, we use them. Uh, but a lot of the times they're like also misused, for example, for like um, flu or when someone's like has some kind of viral infection, they'll also use it, even though it's not the right choice. And what ends up happening is because we use these antibiotics so often, um, certain bacteria begin developing resistance, right? Like they'll um, evolve in order to be able to fight against the antibiotics that we use. And what ends up happening is um, we get what we call superbugs. And these are basically bacteria that we can't kill with antibiotics. And these are what become really, really dangerous because since we can't easily address them with antibiotics, these superbugs can film, uh, create things like biofilms um, and other really deadly things. And even though like we thought we had defeated like bacterial infections like so many years ago, now they're like making a comeback because they're becoming resistant to these um, antibiotics. And so it's really important that we're finding new methods of not only finding new antibiotics to use, but also like slowing down this process of antibacterial resistance developing uh, in bacteria today. How did you go about training a machine learning model to help predict chemicals that might help make more antibiotics? Yeah. Um, so basically, it's really hard to like tell whether a molecule would make a good antibiotic, right? It's like, what features would make it a good antibiotic? There are probably like certain like chemical traits it would have, like maybe like some hydrogen somewhere on the thing or something like that, where it's like some trait like that. Um, and basically, like we need the machine learning model to know about that, right? So basically, um, I used like a type of like linear representation of these molecules and they're called SMILES. So S-M-I-L-E-S. -E and basically what SMILES are is their way of using text to represent chemicals. Um, so it's like if you've taken a chemistry class at school, like water would be H2O because it's two hydrogens and an oxygen. So smiles would kind of be similar to that in that you'd use like these different letters, right? So it might be like C, O, O equal sign uh, to represent like a double bond and like dash to represent a single bond. Um, and then we have these like text strings that represent different molecules. Um, and basically what I did was I trained a machine learning classifier where I was like, these are all the molecules that do work as antibiotics and give them a list of that text. And then these are all the molecules that don't work as antibiotics to give it that text. And then I have the machine learning model figure out its own features, right, of what things work and what things don't. Um, and then after I had the machine learning model um, able to do that, then I could uh, apply new molecules to it. So I would show it molecules that I'd never seen before and then have it predict based on what I had seen previously, whether it is an antibiotic or it's not an antibiotic. So this is a huge project, obviously, with huge implications of all the research that it brings about. How did you go about breaking this down into steps that like as a high school student that you could create? Yeah, thank you. Um, I'd say like it's still very theoretical currently, like it's still so, 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 so far from having any like clinical usage um, yeah. in like hospitals, obviously, or anything like that. Um, and basically, like my original goal going into it was I wanted to have it as more of like an educational project. Whereas like, I know this probably won't have any impact um, on the medical community, but I just want to 
learn about this field, right? Like I'll try my best to do a project. Um, so that way I'll learn a lot about this field and be able to do more impactful things in the future. Um, so yeah, I went in with that mindset, which I think really, really helped. Um, I'd say that's like a big piece of advice I have for anyone listening, which is that sometimes it's really daunting to just go into something thinking like, oh, I want to do something really big and really groundbreaking. Like sometimes you just have to think of it as more of a school project, you know, where you're like, hmm, like, how do I do something where I'm learning from this experience? And this is also something that will be like useful in the future. Um, and then that'll help you like break it down into steps, almost like you're like approaching a homework assignment. Um, so you'll do different steps for it. Like for me personally, like I was like very inexperienced with like machine learning stuff before the project. So I had to like um, go online and take a lot of online courses or like email professors for help. Um, but like by breaking it down into smaller steps, I think that really helped me like approach this project and make it more manageable. So do you have, I guess you already mentioned one of your tips, but do you have other tips for people who are looking at something that seems so far away, kind of like building a machine learning model that predicts um, possible chemicals? So what, like, how do you go about even getting there at all? Yeah, so I'd say like one of the biggest and still underutilized resources uh, is the internet. Like we live in such a golden age of information where you can really learn anything online. And I think like especially after COVID, where a lot of stuff switched to like online learning and teachers started recording their lectures, like there's so much content on the internet um, for learning. So as long as someone has like the time and obviously like the internet access, then I think there's so much potential for just delving deep into fields. Um, so I'd say like um, a tip I'd have uh, for students who are like trying to like break into these fields like I was trying to do. Um, it's just like find something to be really obsessed with, you know. Um, I'd say like obsession can actually be a gift a lot of the times because it can allow you to dive so deep into a topic, right? Like if you really care about something, then you'll like find a lot of resources for it. Um, so like I'd say to find something that you really care about. Um, and then just go crazy on the internet, you know, um, just read articles about it, watch videos about it, tell your friends about it, annoy your family about it, um, and just try to learn as much as you can about it. And I'd say, like, once you've learned enough about it, like, you'll naturally start having questions about it um, and things you want to explore further. And I think that's where, like, the magic really happens. And you can, like, do a lot of cool projects with that. Yes, I completely agree. So where are you, are you going to continue evolving this project? Are you focusing the skills that you've learned from this project on other things? Um, what's like the next steps with, yeah, what, what do you have next? Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, I'm like still asking myself that as well. <laughs> um, like for that project, I'm definitely really interested in it. Um, and I think I'll definitely like pick it up again in the future. Uh, currently, it's been on pause just because I've been trying to explore some other fields as well. So like um, studying like more like genetics and genomics um, and also more other computer science fields like cybersecurity um, and things like that. So right now, um, since I'm still in high school, I'm thinking like I want to keep my options open. You know, I want to learn as much as I can about a lot of different fields. And that way I can like find more interdisciplinary solutions in the future as well. Like maybe I'll learn an important idea in one field and apply that to another field. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to like learn a, a, from a lot of different areas um, and explore projects in other areas. 
Um, but I'd say like a common theme that's arising is just that I'm really interested in like machine learning. Um, so I think definitely in the future, there's a really strong possibility of me um, continuing this project further um, because I think there is like potential in it. Uh, and I'm still like really, really interested in it as well. Yeah, machine learning is absolutely fascinating. I'm working on a project now with it and trying to learn everything about it, kind of like all you guys did. Yeah. It is daunting <laughs> to say the least yeah yeah no it definitely is especially near the beginning um but i'd say it's so worth it like even though it's really scary i'd say like the final payoff makes it makes it all worth it for machine learning yeah i'm sure it's just utterly fascinating to me yeah. um but wrapping up with our last two questions what books have had an impact on you mm, yeah great question um so i'd say the books that have had the most impact on me um i'd say the first one um is a book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, I actually had to read this for my sophomore English class. Um, basically, um, in Outliers, it's just about um, like patterns of successful people. And usually I'm not a big fan of self-help books because I feel like a lot of times yeah. they're like scams or like they don't really teach you anything <laughs> useful. Um, but what's special about that book is that they have like a lot of like scientific research that Malcolm Gladwell did of like reading like research papers and things like that and actually like finding patterns in people who are like really impactful in society and it was just super eye-opening book um to see like there are a lot of things you can control in life to control like how far you go um so i'd say that book has had a really big impact on me um the other one uh is things fall apart um and again i think that's also for my sophomore english class but basically uh and things fall apart uh, it's about these interactions between this African tribe and European colonizers. Um, and that book really opened my eyes to kind of like the complexities of history, um, as well as just the complex dynamics of like human nature. Um, and like after that, I became really interested in like human societies and how like we interact with each other um, and how culture interacts with human psychology. And that book was just like, it was a really brutal book, um, but I think also a really important book for a lot of people to read. Um, and I'd say the last one is one I read really, really recently, uh, which is Dune. Um, I wanted to read Dune for such a long time, um, but I never got a chance to do it until this past winter break when I finally read Dune. Um, and I really, really loved it because, um, like, Dune was, like, the inspiration for Star Wars. And it's just so cool to see, like, the cultural impact that a book can have um, on society, like the way it's influenced so much modern media um, and a lot of like modern references we use without even knowing it originated from there. I mean, just a really well-written book overall. It was really fun to read. Um, so yeah, I'd say um, these three books have had the most impact on me and I'd really recommend them uh, to the people listening to this podcast. Yeah, well, I'll definitely have to check them out. And then, yeah, you guys definitely should as well. Um, our last question is, what advice do you have for teenagers? Mm, yeah, this is another great question. And I'd say my biggest piece of advice for teenagers um, is don't try to like force yourself into one specific field really early on. I think a mistake I see a lot of um, teenagers making is they think, oh, I have to know exactly what I do in the future, right? Like if I want to be a doctor, I'll only do medical things. Um, if I want to be a lawyer, I'll only do things relating to law. Um, but I think that's a really big mistake because you restrict a lot of your potential. Um, I think not everything has to be career oriented, where it's like, oh, it has to have something to do with what you're going into. Maybe you're just learning it uh, for fun. Maybe you're just learning it to like, even like train your brain in a way. Um, so I'd say for teenagers out there, um, try to 
involve yourself in as many things as you can. Um, obviously, like not saying to overwork yourself, um, but just try to get involved in like spaces you might not think you'd be interested in, you know, um, maybe join that math club, even if you don't like math, um, just to see what cool people you can meet there, you know, um, maybe join an art club, even though you're not good at art, just try to um, like interact with people from interdisciplinary fields. And I think that'll open up your mind to so many new ideas, um, just give you so much inspiration overall. So I'd say um, just always be trying to um, interact with people from different fields from you, um, different areas, and just try to find interesting people out there. Um, I'd say that's something that's really useful. Um, and it's been really useful for me personally as well. Something that I've discovered through this podcast is there are many fields that you don't you can't really imagine while you're in high school and they don't really fit a cookie cutter shape at all, um, such as there are so many fields at Harvard and MIT, just in those two universities alone, of people who their entire research project is the relationship between philosophy, AI, and then how that interacts with society. And so like that's one group out of like a bunch of other groups at MIT, Harvard. And those are just the two universities of the many um, out there. And so that's one of the most inspiring things about this podcast that I've discovered is there are so many different things that you you can't even imagine um, studying. Yeah. And yeah, no, for sure. I completely agree with you. Um, And yeah, like I listened through a couple of your episodes and it's like so cool to just see like the different like ways people apply like ideas from different fields like totally crazy like things people come up with um and yeah i definitely agree with you um on like just like being like involved like that um i think it's like super cool um and yeah like the interdisciplinary like um applications like i think like even stanford has one with their like symbolic systems and like science technology society like there's so much like opportunity for that in college and beyond um to just connect different fields um so i definitely agree with you it's like super cool to see there was one guy that we interviewed who applied a hacker mentality and like the steps you go through um in internet security in order to like set up laws in the tax code as well as other laws to cut out loopholes. And it was just fascinating. You wouldn't ever think that that kind of hacker mentality would ever relate to law. Um, But that was just one example of you can connect things that wouldn't seem connected in any way at all. Right, right, exactly. Um, Yeah, it's super cool, like the hacker mentality. And it makes sense to, you know, trying to find vulnerabilities in something like different loopholes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'd say that sounds really cool. Yeah, that hacker mentality. Well, thank you so much, Tony, for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed our episode. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. This was such a fun conversation. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hopefully all of you guys enjoyed it. If you liked it, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at aimingthenumber4moon. If you go to our website, aimingforthemoon.com, you can find links to our merch, the Lessons from Interesting People newsletter, and other episodes and bios of our guests. Yeah, if you want to see any of my other meanderings, go to taylorgledso.com. And with that, again, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to set your sights high and aim for the moon.